now this is recording. RTI International Center for Forensic Science presents Just Science. Welcome to Just Science, a podcast for justice professionals and anyone interested in learning more about forensic science, innovative technology, current research, and actionable strategies to improve the criminal justice system. In the final episode of our community relations season, Just Science sat down with Dr. Mike Planty, the director of RTI's Center for Community Safety, to discuss how emerging technologies in policing affect community relations. Evaluating community sentiments about their respective police departments is an important part of ensuring that community needs are being addressed. The Criminal Justice Testing and Evaluation Consortium, funded by the National Institute of Justice, is designed to employ evidence-based research methods to enhance the data collection capabilities of stakeholders in the legal system. Listen along as Mike discusses how community surveys can contribute to improving police-community relations on this episode of Just Science. This episode is funded by RTI's Applied Justice Research Division. Here's your host, Peyton Attaway. Hello, and welcome to Just Science. I'm your host, Peyton Attaway, with the Applied Justice Research Division at RTI International. In this season of Just Science, we analyze various research that spotlights community relations. Our topic today is measuring community perceptions of the police. Here to help us navigate this conversation is Dr. Mike Planty, Director of the Center of Community Safety and Crime Prevention at RTI International and the Principal Investigator for CJ Tech. Welcome to the podcast, Mike. Thanks for having me, Peyton. Mike, could you start us off by telling our listeners a little bit more about your prior research and your background in community safety? Yeah, my research interests uh, really have focused on understanding the risks and consequences related to victimization. And through that research, one of the key aspects of understanding victimization is really relying on the data sources. What data sources do you have to address those? And so one source that's related to this question about community relations is, you know, where do you get your information? And you can rely on official data from police statistics. But it's really important to understand how crime data are produced. And when you think about an event and how an event becomes a statistic in a crime database, you understand there's social filters related to that. And so really, um, when you have an event happen to somebody, say someone's assaulted, they have to first recognize that they were assaulted, that something not right happened to them. Then they have to report it to the police and say, yeah, this is important. I want to call the police. Then the police have to show up. All right. And then when they do show up, they have to look at the facts and say, yes, a crime did happen. And when they talk about the crime, they have to classify it. So this was an assault or what type of assault? And then they have to record it. And then it becomes an official statistic. This is all to say that there's so many steps and challenges and filters related before event becomes an official statistic. And why I say that is because you can rely on those, but you can see all the challenges relying on that. Or you can rely on what we call um, victimization surveys. And there you're giving voice directly to the victim about what happened, about their perceptions, about the consequences that they feel related to that event. And really, when you're trying to measure community police relations, it's a very similar problem. You can go to police records and look at arrest rates and look at crime rates, and you can rely on that in terms of their performance or effectiveness. Or you can turn to the community and ask for their input on what they think about the police. And really, that sets up this uh, whole notion about getting public input directly from the community about police effectiveness, about their activities. 
Can you tell us a little bit about CJ Tech and give us more details and information about this project? Uh, CJ Tech is a criminal justice testing and evaluation consortium. It's uh, a program under the National Institute of Justice. This is a project where we look at emerging technologies or existing technologies as solutions for needs for law enforcement, courts, and corrections. So we're really trying to be an independent voice around products that can help criminal justice practitioners perform their job. So whether it's a new technology or new policy or innovative emerging product, we do two things. We evaluate the state of the shelf. That is, we look at what products are out there and what needs are they trying to serve? And then the state of the science, which is really about, do these products actually do what they say they're doing and how are they used in the field? And so in this case, one of the key questions we're asking is really how can we produce quality information about community police relations? And what are the technologies that are out there that help law enforcement understand what the community thinks about their activities? And can you tell us a little bit more about some of the other questions that you're trying to answer with this research? Within the community police relations, there's three primary questions we're looking at. So what is the true value of public input on police activities? And second, what should you ask? So when you're asking the community about policing, what are those measures that are most important to get from the community that are most valuable? And then third, and most importantly, is how you should ask it. How should you capture this information? What are the different types of methods that are out there to give you high quality, valid and reliable information about police activities? Can you tell us a little bit about why it's important to measure these community perceptions in this way and what's important to measure and how best to measure it? Law enforcement agencies have a vested interest in knowing what the community thinks about their performance and effectiveness for a number of reasons, right? It's really about brand identity. Mm -hmm. Uh, What does the public think about how you're performing your activities, how effective you are, how fair and legitimate you are is really critical for law enforcement. So Engaging with the community is a key aspect, and one way to engage is to get the feedback on your performance. Second, you can rely on the community to inform you about emerging issues and concerns within the community. So law enforcement has a particular lens, as we discussed earlier, because, well, one, in order to know about events in the community, often people have to call 911. They have to report it. But not all problems get relayed to law enforcement in this manner. So engaging in the community allows them to identify emerging issues, quality of life concerns, and other problems that the community are dealing with. It also helps to refine their practices and their policies. Does the public think that they're effective? Uh, Do they think that they're fair uh, when they have encounters with law enforcement? So all this can go towards improving police performance. Second is to uh, really get feedback on their perceived effectiveness. You know, does the public think that law enforcement are effective in their community? Um, And getting that type of feedback is really important. And then finally, all of these activities about engaging law enforcement increases transparency, confidence, and trust in law enforcement. And subsequently, the research has shown when you have trust in the community, it facilitates reporting, which is really important. If crime is not reported, police are not going to act on it. And then criminal behavior, you know, manifests itself. And so having trust in the community increases cooperation and also increases the likelihood that crimes would be reported and solved and offenders uh, held accountable. So what are the types of things that you can ask the public about? And there's uh, about four or five different measures that are really important. One is around their perceived effectiveness. Do you think that the law enforcement are effective in terms of controlling crime, in terms of responding to crime in the community? 
Second, we can ask the public about their safety and their perceptions of fear in their neighborhood. So that's really important, I think, for law enforcement to understand. You know, if people don't feel safe to leave their home, to walk their streets, that's a really important uh, indicator. And it's not always correlated with a crime rate, right? It's, a, it's correlated with their perceptions of, of their risk for victimization. The other body of work or measures is really related to how police interact with the community when they do call the police. So when you call the police or when you're stopped by police, say a you know, traffic stop or a street stop, how did the law enforcement officer interact with the citizen? Did they come across as being fair? You know, in terms of procedural justice and legitimacy, did they interact with these individuals in a way that was respectful, that really understood and came across as trustworthy? And then when you do call the police, how satisfied were you with their response? Often when law enforcement interacts with uh, the community members, you know, one of the biggest concerns about not reporting was the last time you reported, you were treated with disrespect. The police didn't do anything. They showed up and then they, they didn't try to resolve the issue. So really understanding the satisfaction when uh, people do have encounters is really important. And there's a good uh, set of literature that shows you know, in traffic stops, when police treat you in a fair and responsible manner, they tell you why you was, were stopped, that people were okay with it. Even if they got a ticket, they understand that they were treated fairly. So that's really important, again, in terms of building confidence and trust with law enforcement. And I think that then the final indicator, is, like we said before, is trying to identify emerging issues in the community. You know, what are the things that are really troubling residents and how can police help to solve those issues? So those are the kind of the uh, measures that are of high value, and you can really only get through surveying the, the community. Thanks, Mike. Whenever you're talking about all of these important measures, it occurs to me that it would be really difficult to get those from the community in a way that's accessible to them and in a way that they engage with. Can you speak to us a little bit about whether or not technology can be a solution to this problem? So one of the most uh, traditional ways to gather this information are usually through a mail-out paper form or uh, through phone interviews. And maybe we could back up a little and talk about the two general approaches to community surveys. Uh, one is a general community survey, either through a phone survey or a, a mail-out survey. You try to get input about these different measures from all people uh, within the community. A second approach is to do follow-up surveys or contact surveys. So when someone calls 911 or when police stop them through uh, official actions, uh, say a traffic stop, you do a contact survey with those people that actually have contact with the police. So the distinction there is that in a general survey, you might be asking questions or feedback to the general public that never have engaged with law enforcement or haven't engaged with law enforcement in any way uh, directly over the past year or, so, or more. Whereas a contact survey is really focusing on those folks that had direct contact with the police around an event or some other type of engagement and getting their feedback on those activities. Well, the traditional ways, again, as we said, is a mail-out survey or phone survey. And um, those have significant limitations and challenges. We know that one of the key areas is representativeness, right? So it's not about how you're asking, but who you ask. And, you know, making sure that you're getting this feedback from people most impacted by law enforcement activity has always been a struggle. We know that in terms of the mail survey or phone survey, 
not everyone's going to respond. And people most likely respond are people that are, are not impacted by law enforcement. And so there's a real challenge in getting a representative sample to talk about and provide input in the community. The second is really about the lead organization or intent. Again, if you're talking about getting feedback from communities that have a high distrust of law enforcement, well, sending out a survey that's from the law enforcement community and asking them to provide input around policing, not always received very well. So trying to understand how to get that information back to law enforcement requires some thought around the organization and the intent and communicating that intent of why you want this information. A third is really around the burden, uh, what we call measurement error. So you ask complex questions or really long surveys, people are less likely to respond to that. They just don't have the time to go through a 10-page questionnaire and to really try to answer all those questions and then send it back. Another uh, issue is geographic specificity. There's a real demand for understanding how communities vary in terms of their perceptions and engagement with law enforcement. And so many uh, traditional approaches to uh, these surveys don't give you really the geographic specificity. They can tell you what, say, Seattle or uh, New York City, you know, the residents feel. But to get precision within New York City in the different neighborhoods, and we know there's variability all across, or, you know, Washington, D.C. or Tampa, that's a real challenge with the traditional approaches. And then a real important thing is agency specificity. I live right outside of Washington, D.C. in uh, Montgomery County, and at any given day, I have four or five different law enforcement agencies patrolling near my neighborhood. Uh, I have Montgomery County Sheriff, Montgomery County Police, I have local city police, I have the park police. So when you ask people about police and their effectiveness, you really want to be clear about what law enforcement agency you're really talking about. So agency specificity is important and it's a real challenge with these traditional approaches. And then finally, the cost and timeliness. Um, many of these surveys take a, a lot of resources to collect information. It takes time, many times multiple months. And then you have three or four or five months before you can get a point in time estimate of what people think about law enforcement and these other measures. And so that's a real challenge in terms of the value of these information. So technology and some emerging technology products uh, are trying to address many of these challenges. So Mike, you've brought up some really great points about um, some of the limitations of traditional surveys and ways that technology can fill these gaps. But can you talk to us a little bit about how you and others on your team went about this work and identifying these technologies? So for our project, again, you know, capturing information, are, are we making sure we're getting a representative perspective on these technologies? So we go through a multi-phase approach to capturing information. Uh, like I stated at the beginning, we do, you know, the state of the shelf. Basically, we conduct activities to really assess what products are out there and their specifications, what they claim to do, and to really uh, have a full accounting uh, of the different options for community justice practitioners. So we'll do literature review to really get an understanding of the existing research and the uh, debates relevant to a particular topic or area of study. Second, we'll get input from experts from the research community or other people that uh, have invested a lot of time into understanding these solutions. Next, we'll go right to the practitioners. You know, we'll go to, uh, in this case, law enforcement executives 
We're really trying to understand their thinking about purchasing these products and using these products. Um, and, and many times we find for various products, a uh, law enforcement community will buy them and then they'll end up using them in, in the way they were designed or not, or they won't purchase them for a variety of reasons. The price point is too high. The value, perceived value is low. Uh, so really trying to understand their decision-making around these uh, various products is key for our, our team. You know, the whole impetus for the CJ Tech uh, project is around most practitioners. They get their information from vendors, right? You can go and get uh, a lot of pressure from vendors to push products onto practitioners as solution. And so we're trying to be the independent objective a voice around some of these products. But we do also go and get input from vendors. We want to understand their perspective on these products and technologies and how they see their value to the criminal justice community. And then finally, we'll put out a request for information through a federal registry. And there we make sure that we have a lot of visibility around our effort and we're not missing vendors or agencies that have had experience in this area and want to provide input and other analog products. So in many ways, you know, we can look at products directed towards law enforcement, cops, and corrections. But in many other spaces in the commercial industry, there might be products that could have implications or solutions for the law enforcement community, but they're just not there yet. So we're looking for those types of uh, products also that could transfer into the criminal justice space. And so collectively, we pulled these interviews, this information together to really understand the state of the shelf and the state of science with these products. Are you able to share with us some high-level findings that struck you the most as you researched this project? I think one of the most important uh, factors that came out is really some of the solutions and some of the vendors in, in this space are in the general community survey or they're in the post-contact follow-up survey. And both of them are very valuable, at least from my perspective. So a general community survey, again, is you're asking a representative sample of a community uh, about their perceptions of law enforcement, whether or not they had direct contact or uh, experience with law enforcement in any given period of time, where the post-contact follow-up surveys are really uh, about that. You had a contact with police, they came, and then we follow up a days or a couple of weeks later to ask you, about that uh, event, that engagement. So there's really two general themes that are emerging in terms of how these technologies are producing information around police community relations. One of the key things we can think about, again, is where are you getting this information? So a general community survey is great. You can talk about the community and how they feel about law enforcement. But one thing we have to think about is that law enforcement activity doesn't necessarily only impact the residents within a community. Think of an urban area right? Washington, D.C., pre-COVID time, that city would swell during the day with commuters, you know, going to work, with tourists. And so Washington Metropolitan Police are not only serving the residential community, but they have what we call the ambient population, the population that comes uh, during the day. So it's important to keep in mind that the general community survey is going to ask people about their perceptions of law enforcement of the residents that live there, not necessarily the people who had contact with the Washington Metropolitan Police Department, or if you go to New York City, that go there and then leave for the day, right? And so the contact surveys, however, will. For example, this is really important, say, in traffic stops. You know, there have been some studies have shown that the people law enforcement pull over, a good chunk of them, I mean, 50% or more, may not even reside in the area. And so 
Uh, if you're trying to understand how police engage with those folks, a post-contact follow-up survey is probably a better solution than a general community survey. But again, a post-contact survey won't be asking everyone in the community about their perceptions of law enforcement, just those folks that had direct contact. So there's two different approaches and they have different value, provide different information and different voices in terms of law enforcement community relations. So some of the things that we're finding, and not particular to any of the vendors out there, but just in general, is that there are some really great advantages to the emerging technology that we're seeing. And some of the vendors out there, uh, not representative, we, we talk about are Zen City, uh, SpiderTech, Axon, My90, QHIT. Some of these surveys are, are really addressing some important challenges. One is timeliness. They can provide information from a sample of residents or contacts um, that people had contact with in a really quick manner. The technology is really focusing on smartphone use. There are estimates that 80 to 90% of people have a smartphone. And so you're really tapping a device that most people have, and you can do quick surveys through that device and get really uh, great information on a daily basis and not have to wait several months to have, say, a mail mailed out paper form to be returned to be processed and then to be analyzed. The other thing is agency specificity, as we mentioned, and coverage. So uh, the technology really affords law enforcement community and community stakeholders for that matter to better understand who's responding to the survey. So you can really tailor these surveys to go to people at the neighborhood level and be confident that these people reside in the area and that you're talking about the specific agency of importance. So when, when we say, how are the police doing? We're talking about specific city police and people are, are fully aware that we're trying to gauge the performance of a specific law enforcement agency. The other uh, really important aspect is coverage, right? That we're getting the representative sample of a neighborhood and we're getting enough of those folks to provide a precise, reliable, and valid estimate. Again, these technologies are fashioned in a way that you can get uh, neighborhood level estimates, uh, city level estimates, and uh, agency specific estimates. And then finally, I think one of the uh, important aspects is the flexibility or, or how nimble these surveys are, you can add questions, you can change questions rather rapidly and, you know, really tap communities' input on uh, emerging issues and situations on a real-time basis. And maybe one other point here is the analytics and dissemination. Often law enforcement agencies and, and community-based organizations interested in this information don't have the capabilities or the capacity to pull in all this information, analyze it, and disseminate it. One of the real values of, of these technologies that are in place are the analytics and the dashboards, uh, data visualizations. So people can really access on, on a real-time basis this information about their neighborhood, about their agency, and get an understanding of their performance. And that's one of the most important things uh, related to this information is that you're getting input from the community, but you're also bringing it back to community. You're just not using it internally. And so that type of transparency about performance goes a long way in terms of building trust and, and confidence in the law enforcement community. One thing that kind of strikes me as you're talking through, especially this transparency piece, is there could be some limitations in agency buy-in and wanting to share this information. So could you talk a little bit more about maybe some other limitations to your research? Yeah, I, I think one of the things that were clear in this research is that while we're identifying the needs and challenges that these technologies are potentially solving, 
really haven't had the opportunity to fully evaluate their performance. So, uh, you know, the coverage issue about are they really capturing a representative sample of the population? And while these approaches using smartphones, using social media to target and to get a probabilistic sample of hard to reach populations, we really haven't assessed um, how well that is occurring with these. And so the, the whole notion is that are you really getting a representative voice from the community? There's still, one would say, a significant distrust with many communities that have historically been marginalized. And whether you're really getting uh, their voice in terms of input um, is a question that uh, needs to be addressed. Some of the other issues related to measurement, uh, you know, when you ask questions, really fully understanding whether people are interpreting the questions properly, uh, are providing the right input around the questions. Uh, you can imagine, given what has transpired over the last couple of years in law enforcement, um, you know, for a general survey, are people really thinking about their law enforcement agency or are you thinking about law enforcement in general? When you ask a question, do you think police are fair and legitimate? Are you really getting that agency specificity that you want? Or are people thinking more globally around uh, the events that happened, you know, in other communities or their perceptions of policing in general? You know, it's, it's really reflective of the agency and how should the agency value that input is, is a question. And then um, I think ultimately, uh, one of the questions about gathering this input, you increase transparency, subsequently increase confidence and trust in law enforcement agency. But is it really making a difference? I think, I mean, well, we capture a lot of information, we put a lot of information out there, but is it really changing policies and practices of law enforcement? Is it improving their efficiency and effectiveness? And that's a question that I think remains. And I think some of these other combinations in terms of if you have more trust and confidence in police because you do these community surveys and you're transparent, is it relating to more cooperation with the community around crime problems and relating to uh, you know, lower crime rates? I mean, ultimately, that's what we want is better engagement with the community, more accountability, and then stronger relationships to improve the quality of life uh, in these communities. Mike, what are the next steps for your project and work in this area? We're going to uh, produce a report on what we find here with these uh, different technologies, these different challenges and needs related to measuring community police relations. We're also considering testing of these various tools. So how do they compare to traditional approaches where you do a mail-out survey? Do they get a more representative population? And then also look at the impact of this information on the community. What is the true value to both law enforcement agencies and to community uh, stakeholders, to the residents who are conducting this? So value added, what is the true value added of these uh, surveys? We're running near the end of our time together. Are there any final thoughts that you'd like to share with our listeners? Yeah, I think in terms of community police relations, this is just one aspect of measuring engagement. This is not the only way to measure community police engagement. Uh, There's a lot of activities that law enforcement conduct with the community to improve those relations. Getting input is super valuable. And we we know this is rapidly changing landscape and the expectations are changing. It's not the case anymore that law enforcement can go along and do their job without fully engaging the community. And there's valuable opportunities to improve these relations with these tools. And I think looking at community police engagement and how Uh, law enforcement interacts with the community, there will be a spotlight on that moving forward as the eye on law enforcement increases. Well, that's all we have time for today. I'd like to thank our guest, Mike Planney, for sitting down with Just Science to discuss measuring community perceptions of police. Thanks, Mike. Thank you. 
I'd also like to thank you, the listener, for tuning in today. If you enjoyed today's conversation, be sure to like and follow Just Science on your podcast platform of choice. For more information on today's topic and resources in the field, visit cjtech.org. I'm Peyton Attaway, and this has been another episode of Just Science. This episode concludes our community relations season. Next week, Just Science begins its Sexual Assault Awareness Month mini-season. Opinions or points of views expressed in this podcast represent a consensus of the authors and do not necessarily represent the official position or policies of its funding.